DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Time to welcome in Andy Bailey, NBA analyst, writer for Bleacher Report, joining the show once again. Andy, welcome back. Thanks for having me, guys. I am curious your take on a lot of people's take on the Jazz, that while they're good, and no one doubts that they are good, what really separates them from multiple teams in the league is the fact that they have just been much healthier. Healthier than the Lakers, healthier than the Clippers, now that Jamal Murray's been hurt, healthier than the Nuggets, healthier than the Sixers and the Nets. Are you buying it? Um, I think that's maybe fair to a degree. Uh, what what that ignores, and I, I haven't heard that as much maybe as you have. I've, I've certainly sort of seen that in the floating around in the ether. But Utah has been basically since what were they? They started three and three or something like that. Basically since then they've been the best the best team in the NBA. Um, and those guys that are are out like LeBron and AD and. Now Jamal Murray, they didn't miss the entire season. Um, so it's not like Utah has suddenly caught up to a bunch of teams since the injuries happened and, and overtaken them. They've been steadily the top team in the league pretty much the entire season. Um, so I, I do think maybe there's a kernel of truth to that. Um, but I also think there's there's just sort of um, a rush to find any way to sort of discount what the Jazz are doing. I, I think another part of it is people still don't think that they have stars and they, they just want to find some way to rationalize. I don't think this team is going to win at all. Or, you know, I don't, I don't trust that they'll, you know, pass the Lakers, Clippers, whatever in the playoffs. So they're just kind of looking for little nuggets here and there that can discount what they've done so far. So we don't know on the circumstances because of the uh, play in or whatever you want to call it, the new formula version of the playoffs who the Jazz would actually face in the first round. But could you handicap the possibilities and who do you think that you would rank as most dangerous as far as who they might meet in the first round? Well, with the way Stephen Curry is playing right now, I I would probably have to throw the Warriors near the top, if if not at the top, for most dangerous um, potential eight seed. Uh, Utah you know they they have a strong solid defense but it's obviously anchored by Rudy Gobert and I don't you know Conley's a, a solid veteran defender who's typically in the right spot um but I don't I don't think they have a great option to guard Stephen Curry um you know they they could throw Royce O'Neal at him or Joe Ingles at him there's a bunch of different looks that they could give him but right now it just looks like it, it doesn't matter what's thrown at Stephen Curry so he would obviously be a problem um John Morant is, is difficult too, but I think of the teams that are kind of in that mix, I, I guess I'll, I'll back up a little bit. The teams that I think are, are in the mix to wind up eighth are Portland, Dallas, Memphis, Golden State, and San Antonio. Of those, I think Golden State and Dallas are probably the two toughest matchups. Um, Memphis probably Memphis and San Antonio probably the least toughest, and then Portland somewhere in the middle. I, I keep waiting for Portland to – fall off and they have a little bit here recently but I hesitate to to uh, doubt Damian Lillard I, there are problems with all of those teams this is, called, this is sort of an answer that's all over the place 
Um, but that's just sort of the nature of the West. Every one of these teams has star players, um, with the with the possible exception of the Spurs. I know some people would probably argue that DeRozan is still a star, and he's certainly been great this season. Um, but there are problems up and down <laughs> that six through ten range. The, the Western Conference is just loaded as ever. But if I had to pick one that you really, really want to avoid, it's probably Curry, and then after that, maybe Luka Doncic. So you bring up Curry, and he's hit 10 three-pointers in four of his last five games, I think. And he's got six on the year, and there's only like five games where somebody's hit 10 threes in a game in the whole rest of the league this year. It's off the charts. But he's not going to—you're not playing him now. It's a month to the playoffs. He's not going to keep this pace up for another month to get to the playoffs. And then two weeks in a playoff series, is he? (laughs) You wouldn't think that's possible. Um, but the way that he's playing right now, and I, I was just looking up some numbers this morning, and it's obviously not 10 threes per game. Um, but when you look at his numbers with James Wiseman or Kelly Oubre off the court, and it's maybe not fair to, to you know, throw Golden State struggles on those two guys. Um, but I think what it is, is is when certain players are off and the ball is in Curry's hands more and, and he's more of that heliocentric type of a player or playmaker, um, Utah's just, or Utah, Golden State is just a lot better, and so is Stephen Curry. I mean, when, when he controls every possession, um, he's just been lights out. I, I think the numbers, I'm going to pull them up so I don't get them wrong, but when, when Oubre's been off the floor this season, and a lot of this is influenced by the recent hot streak, but Curry's averaging 38.7 threes and six assists per 75 possessions with a, with a true shooting percentage around 70. Um, and Golden State is is wailing on teams in those minutes too. So he's he's going to be a nightmare whoever he plays, even if he calms down a little bit from what he's done in the last ten or eleven games. Um, he, I, he he's a guy who I think could single handedly win a series, I, I, potentially against just about anybody in the West. I mean, I would I would certainly pick the Jazz to win in five or six games over the Warriors. Um, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Stephen Curry had four games where he was just completely unstoppable. Um, so, so I think you make a good point. He's probably not going to be doing what he's doing now in in a month or month and a half or whatever. Um, but he's going to be ridiculously dangerous, assuming he even gets to eight. I mean, like you said, we've got the play-in tournament still. So you put out a tweet says, always interesting to me when commentators and analysts casually claim that Donovan Mitchell is Utah's best player. You're trying to make a point there, but I'm not exactly sure what the point is. Could you explain? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, to me, I think it's pretty clearly Rudy Gobert, um, who is not only the Jazz's best player this season, but has been for five or six years now. Um, and I think it's a general comment on, and, and hopefully it doesn't seem too much of a slight to Donovan Mitchell, but it's it's more of a comment on how good Rudy Gobert is and how he's he's just sort of not not necessarily ignored by the national media because he's obviously won a couple of defensive player of the year awards he's been all NBA he's been an all-star um but I'm going to go back to what I said earlier a lot of commentators and analysts think the Jazz don't have a star and it's easier to trust a guy like Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James in the playoffs because oh the Jazz don't have a top 10 to 15 player um but in terms of impact Rudy Gobert is absolutely a top 10 to 15 player um, and maybe this is a semantics argument. There, there's a debate between, <laughs> is there a difference between best player and most impactful player? Um, 
I, I don't think there is. I, I, I've heard the argument that it's different, and I think if you wanted to say Donovan Mitchell has more basketball skill than Rudy Gobert, um, that's, that's probably impossible for me to argue against because um, he just he can do more things. But ultimately, I, I think what matters most to me is who moves the needle the most towards winning, and that's been Rudy Gobert, not just for the Jazz, but, but he's one of the biggest needle movers, for lack of a better term, in the entire NBA, and he has been for half a decade. Um, you know, there are a couple people out there. I think John Hollinger is one of them who've actually said, you know, he deserves more recognition in the MVP race. Uh, he, he certainly won't win it and he may not get many votes, but he's, he's a guy who could certainly earn a, you know, top three vote for MVP. I mean, the Jazz are the best team in the league. And like I said, they've been the best team all season. And I think Gilbert is, is pretty clearly the biggest reason for that. Andy Bailey joining us, NBA analyst and writer for Bleacher Report. So the Jazz play the Lakers twice, and we see, because of that, we're following the Lakers a little close in all their media, and we see the reports that uh, Anthony Davis could literally be back for the next game, and if not, you know, he'll be back in a week. He seems very close. But the reports on LeBron that he's still weeks, plural, away, there aren't that many weeks left in the regular season. We're in the playoffs in four weeks so uh, is there enough uh, runway here for LeBron to get back into basketball shape and for the team to all get on the same page and be in a playoff groove? I mean, I know he's LeBron, but is he just going to conjure this up out of thin air? Yeah, I, I think there's reason for some concern if you're a Lakers fan or, or you're in that organization. Um, I think the fallback is what you just said. LeBron is LeBron, and I think he's reached a point in his career where it's hard to – it's hard to discount him um, until we've actually seen him falter, and he really hasn't since 2011. Um, and they've got you know, they've got a lot of chemistry to fall back on from last season's playoff run, and their defense is still you know pretty solid even without those two guys in there. So there's a lot going for them. Um, you know, I, I, this has quieted down in the last couple of weeks because I think the Lakers without those two have been a little bit better than people expected. But if he really is out for, you know, two, three, four weeks pushing up against the playoffs, then I think the chances of them falling into that play-in mix are, if not great, at least they're bubbling back to the surface. Um, and, you know, if they have LeBron and AD for a play-in tournament, you know, whatever the format is, it's hard to imagine them losing two games, but that's a possibility. Um, and then if they, you know, if they wind up seventh or eighth, I it's it's a tough matchup for the Jazz, obviously, but I, I think the Lakers would prefer to play the Nuggets without Jamal Murray than the Jazz. Um, so there's certainly there's certainly cause for concern uh, among Lakers fans. I think I think they would all be pretty confident in a series against the Jazz, let's say if it wound up that way. Um, but that's that would be a heck of a first round series, and I and I think you could make an argument that the Jazz are the better team. So I am going to go on strike unless Donovan Mitchell gets first team All NBA. Is it a waste of time for me to think he's got a shot? <laughs> um, I, I would start working on your picket signs. Um, I th- there's just so many talented guards, and and I actually saw something really interesting about Mitchell. I wish I could remember who tweeted this because I I would give him credit. Um, I think it may have been the guy who started Basketball Reference, but I can't. Uh, Justin Kubatko, I think, is his name. But anyway. Um, he posted something like players who average 25 points and five assists on the best 
the team with the best record in the league traditionally have been the MVP. It's, it's only happened a handful of times. Um, and we have to we have to look at Mitchell's numbers in the context of what's happening this season. I mean, there, there's an offensive and a statistical explosion this season that's really <clears throat> unlike anything that I've ever seen covering the league. And I've you know I've only been doing this for ten years, um, but I've I've certainly spent a lot of time looking at the history of the league through assignments that I've had and things like that. Um, and this is very unusual. But but all of this is to say that. You know, I, I'm a, you read that tweet I had earlier, and again, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm discounting Donovan Mitchell, um, but he, he really is having a phenomenal season. And just in terms of round numbers, it is comparable to some MVP campaigns. And so I think there's an argument for him to be first-team All-NBA, um, but you're, you're, you're talking about guards that he's got to be put above and you know what Stephen Curry's doing right now what Luka Doncic has done for a lot of the season and I don't you know maybe they can qualify him as a forward I don't know I, there's just so many good guards this season that he would have to leapfrog I, I think you could make the argument but I hope you've got some some spray paint and some signs that you can put together for that I do man and, I, and I'm going to start at your house <laughs> So there are plenty of people who will not vote for him and will justify it. And, and basically the line of thinking is Utah is the Milwaukee of the West. They're going to win a lot of games. They might even be fun to watch on TV. But when the going gets tough, the Bucks get going. <laughs> right on out of the playoffs. Yeah. And the same thing's going to happen to the Jazz. They're going to lose to the Lakers in the second round. There's going to be uh, 24 hours of big fat I told you so's before the rest of the NBA turns around to watch big boy basketball with the Lakers or the Clippers and the Nets and the Sixers. You would say what? Well, first of all, um, a lot of those takes, and, and I have felt this way for years, really annoy me. Um, because it's really easy to pick a team and say they're not going to win the championship and then come back and do I told you so later. I mean, there are 29 teams that are not going to win the championship. And so a lot of analysts and, and other people can pound their chest about something like that and have a very high percentage chance <laughs> to be right. And then, you know, on the, the off year that they're wrong or whatever, like the 2011 Mavericks or the 2004 Pistons or, you know, we could probably pick a few other surprising championship teams over the years. Um, there's, there's never the mea culpa, <laughs> you know, I was, I was wrong. Maybe, maybe there is occasionally, but you just don't see those as often. Um, you know, everybody doubts the team that hasn't done it until they've done it. And I think maybe there's a little bit of fairness to that. I mean, there, there's sort of a subconscious part of me that thinks, yeah, it's easier to trust Kawhi Leonard in the playoff series or LeBron James in the playoff series because we've, we've seen it before. Um, we've experienced Kawhi Leonard take over an entire postseason like he did with the Raptors. Um, we've seen LeBron James in the, in the finals for however long it was in a row, nine, ten years, whatever, whatever that streak was. Um, so, yeah, it's a little easier to discount the teams that haven't climbed all the way up the mountain yet, like the Jazz and the Bucks. Um, but I also think if you just look at things objectively, um, Utah is – on pace to break the record for most threes made per game for a season. They're shooting close to 40% from three. They've got, they've got one of the best defenders of all time. They've got a guy who can take over a series in Donovan Mitchell, as we saw against the Nuggets last season. They obviously didn't win that series, but what Mitchell did was absurd. So you've got, you know, that guy that everybody kind of looks for in the playoffs. 
um, who could take over on offense. You've got veterans like Conley and Ingles. Um, there's depth, there's shooting, there's defense. I, I think there's a very strong case to be made that the Jazz are one of those teams that can buck the trend. And if you if you dig your heels in and say, you know, the Jazz are going to win, you have you have a lot less you you have a lot lower chance of being right than the people who can get on TV and say there's no chance the Jazz will win. Um, so it's it's a little bit tougher call. Um, but I think to discount them outright and just say they have no chance is kind of ridiculous, frankly. But then to go with the theory of you've got to do it before we believe you can do it, and there's only two players or two teams, and it's the Clippers and the Lakers then, right? Because Steph Curry doesn't have yeah, enough horses I, right now. Durant, maybe the Nets, if he's healthy. Yeah, and I'm starting to wonder about the Nets because um, <laughs> they just they can't seem to get all three guys going at the same time, and maybe they're just being abundantly cautious, and and everybody will be fine in the playoffs. Um, but you're right; I, I think the default is you know it's easy to pick the Clippers or the Lakers, and I think it's easy to to justify those picks. Um, but I, I I really do believe that this season, and I can probably knock the Nuggets off this. In fact, I, I think it's pretty safe to do so, but. There are seven or eight teams that I think you could make a really good faith argument that they could win it all. Um, there's a ton of parity in the league right now, I think more than some people realize. And there's there's a lot of variance with how many threes that these teams shoot. Um, you know, you can go on a cold streak for two weeks and be done, or you can go on a hot streak for a month, month and a half and win it all. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot of variance with teams around the league, and I think there's actually a little bit less with the Jazz because they are a really consistent three-point shooting team. Um, you know, guys like Ingles and Conley and Mitchell have all been, you know, pretty good three-point shooters for a while now. Bogdanovich is another one. Um, they, they've got a lot of options offensively, and I think they've got a great anchor in Gobert. So I think their variance is, is slightly less chaotic than, than some of the other teams in the league. I, I do think they have a solid shot. So load up the vans. Everybody going to Wendover. Oh, never mind. Just grab your phone. You can bet on your phone. You have to drive an hour and a half. <laughs> and he says it's yes, going to be okay. <laughs> or but, did, I, did I oversell that? <laughs> well, be uh, okay is probably a good way to put it. I, I am increasingly every year becoming one of those analysts who hesitates to make predictions. Um, cause it's just, I mean, in the years when the Golden State Warriors had Durant and Curry, you know, f- full strength, it's easy to just say, oh, let's chalk it up to the Warriors, um, when the season starts. But crazy stuff happens in the NBA every single season. Um, and I, you know, I don't think you'd be flushing your money down the toilet if you, if you put some on the Jazz. Um, but like I said, there are just so many good teams that I could see making it all the way. I mean, you mentioned the Bucks earlier. I, I think it's too early to even discount them. Um, the Sixers have a dominant, dominant big man in, in Joel Embiid. Um, the Clippers and Lakers, we've already talked about. The Jazz. I, I'm, I'm a little more hesitant with the Suns than some other people are, but they've got a, a good, you know, modern roster with a veteran point guard who um, is certainly hungry right now. So there are, there are a lot of teams that you could put your money on. Um if you're the gambling type, I, I, I don't think the Jazz are a terrible bet, though. 
Andy, we will leave it right there. Andy writes for Bleach Report, covers the uh, NBA as an analyst and writer for them. You can read his stuff there. Andy, we'll have you again on the show as the playoffs get closer. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.